Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year, producing a balanced budget, not just for football, and saving on travel because spending less on airfares means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money podcast on your favourite podcast app. Future you will thank you. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min Football Network. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and on this edition of the show, we're going to be looking back at Arsenal's victory over PSV Eindhoven in the UEFA Europa League. It's a victory that puts the Gunners five points clear at the top of the group and means that a draw in PSV would see us win the group. A draw in Eindhoven, I should say. PSV's not a place. Uh, would see Arsenal, of course, uh, top the group. Really, uh, really good result, positive result. It didn't always look like it was coming. I know the performance was dominant in large parts. I know we had all of the ball. I know we were really the only ones that carried any threat. But we missed an awful lot of chances. And you did start to wonder if it was going to be one of those nights. But thankfully, in the end, it wasn't because... The man of the hour, the main man this season, and in so many different ways, uh, Granite Xhaka stepped up to the plate. Brilliant right-footed finish uh, past the PSV goalkeeper from just inside the penalty area. The ball was slightly behind him as well. Excellent technique, excellent finish. We'll dissect that goal a little bit later on. Let's say a few hellos to those of you joining us in the live chat. Now, one of the things we were talking about in the build-up to this game is, oh, it's a six o'clock kickoff which means I'll get home much earlier, which means I'll get to do the live stream and the live podcast much earlier. Happy days. Harry Simeon for once gets an early night, but it wasn't to be because of some other work commitments. So I do apologize uh, for those that have been waiting. I know there's been a few of you waiting on the stream page for quite some time. Better late than never, but I promise I'll try and make it uh, worth your while. Hopefully you enjoy the show. Let's say some hellos uh, to those of you joining us uh, in the chat at this ungodly hour. Uh, big hello to Clock N Seb, who says top of the league, top of the group and 50 miles left of his 180 mile drive home from the Emirates. He says up the gun. Safe travels, mate. Uh, all the best. Uh, Alex says we'll rewatch the stream tomorrow. But didn't you say the good thing of playing that early is that you can do the stream earlier? You're right. I did. Uh, but that never worked out. Uh, Azat says, uh, dominating performance. I was disappointed in PSV. You know what? Obviously, I wasn't disappointed that they were rubbish on the night and that we beat them. But I was surprised by their lack of threat, given what we talked about in the preview, given how many goals they've scored this season, given how many players in Ruud van Nistelrooy's side have scored a lot of goals this season. To see them so toothless, I think, came as a surprise to a lot of people. Um, Jonathan says PSV were perfect for us today. Um, Seb says uh, pretty much dominated the game. Some wasteful finishing, but didn't leave third gear. Big hello to Stephen Foote, who joins us 
in the chat as well. Uh, Moss says 13 out of the 14 matches won. We're so good. And our women are dominant too. Amazingness. Uh, negative Nancy's be gone. Yeah, worth uh, worth giving uh, the Arsenal women a shout out as well because they beat a Leon side, the European champions, on their own patch comprehensively. Five goals to one last night. What a result that was for the mighty Arsenal women. Uh, lots of other comments. We'll get into uh, all of those in uh, just a few minutes' time. We're going to start dissecting the game. Uh, big hello to uh, Fort Lauderdale Guna Craig. Hope you're well. Uh, he says, Harry, my friend, F yes. At a massive three points. Hope you're well, buddy. I'm good, man. I'm tired. I'm burning the candle at both ends. Um, but yeah, we 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 keep going. Uh, it's the nature of the job. I wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, what I do want to say, actually, before we get into the game, is um, I- I'm starting to feel like the, the times of the podcast are maybe varying too much at the moment. And let me know if you feel the same as well, because obviously I've got other work commitments. And what's happened is that some of them end up getting in the way. And then what happens is some days I'll do a podcast at half past 12. Some days it will be at 5 p.m. Other days it will be at 7 p.m. Other days like today, obviously match days, it can't be helped, but it will be 10.30 p.m. And I recognize that that's really not ideal for someone that follows or listens. Consistency in the time we're publishing, I'm sure, would would be helpful to everybody. So let me know if that is a thing for you or are you just happy to catch up whenever suits you? Uh, if it is a thing and you do prefer the streams to be at a set time on set days, then I will have a think and have a look at my schedule and try and work out a way in which we can kind of, um, you know, a way we can kind of maintain that and and something that works. Uh, lots of lots of you in the chat. Uh, so good uh, to see you all there. Uh, Tom has just uh, signed up on the channel. Thank you so much uh, for being a member. I'll bring you guys up to speed with our membership stuff a little bit later on uh, because I do want to uh, just uh, give you guys a quick message. And remember, our memberships are migrating over from YouTube to another platform. Uh, so I'll give you information uh, on that. Uh, in a little while but let's get um yeah let's get into it let's talk about the game a 6 p.m kickoff it was a challenge for a lot of supporters a lot of friends of mine uh found it hard to get there on time a lot of colleagues of mine uh, found it difficult to get there on time i know a, a very close friend of mine who had to tell his boss that he was going out for a family meal that he couldn't miss uh, in order for him to allow him to leave work that little bit earlier i mean I would have said I had a doctor's appointment or a dentist appointment or something a little bit more formal uh, than I just want to go out for a meal or need to go out for a meal with the family. But his boss went for it. So uh, fair play to him. Uh, yeah, look, the kickoff time was was shit. Um, you know, there's no question about that. And I think the attendance was impacted by that. It wasn't a full Emirates Stadium. Still a good turnout, but it wasn't full by any means. Um, I, I wonder if... I wonder if it impacted on the atmosphere a little bit because people were still kind of trickling in uh, once the game had started. I mean, there were people around me arriving 15 or so minutes into the game. So obviously that was an idea in terms of building it up pre-match. But I think the big talking point going into the game was obviously the lineup. Now, the team that Mikel Arteta went with uh, comprised of Matt Turner in goal, Tommy Asu holding Gabriel and Tierney. The midfield was as expected, Lokonga. Uh, Xhaka 
and of course Fabio Vieira. And then I think the front three was the bit that maybe surprised people. Now I did the preview show and we talked about the fact that the front three that maybe should play in terms of affording rests to the likes of Saka and Jesus, who both ended up starting the game, was probably not quite good enough, not quite strong enough. And look, even with Saka and Jesus, it took us a while to find the breakthrough. It took us a while uh, to, um, you know, to, to break through PSV's resistance, to take one of our chances, actually, to, to put it in another way. Um, but yeah, I think Mikel Arteta was right to go with, with this balance in terms of the team. I still think he's done a really good job of managing people's minutes in the sense of, for example, people like Martin Odegaard, right? So he played uh, against Bodo Glimp last time out in the Europa League and then obviously started the game at the weekend uh, against Leeds United. So wasn't uh, playing from the start tonight. Uh, and and I think what, what he's doing is he's trying to make sure that, you know, those who you know, th those who can be rotated are being rotated and those whose minutes we can manage, we're doing it. You know, in an ideal world, you don't want Gabriel playing every single game. He didn't play against Bodo Glimp last time. And so, uh, you know, he was back and he was um, in the team against Leeds. And then it was his turn to play in the Europa League instead of William Saliba. So you can see that Mikel was really trying hard to find that balance. It does kind of make you realise that the squad is still a bit thin when you watch these Europa games. Obviously, we've got the big boys on the bench and that's great and that's important. It's good to have them there and it's good to be able to call upon them when needed. But I guess for me, um, I still look at certain areas, particularly in the forward areas. And, you know, it would be slightly different had Emil Smith-Rowe been fit. Maybe the midfield situation would be slightly different had Mohamed Elneny been fit. So injuries obviously play a part to some degree. But I think when you look at this Europa League team and then you look at the rotation and you look at the fact that Mikel still needs to put a number of our first choice players in to maintain the balance, it tells you that we don't have the quality to backfill in all of the areas. But I guess the flip side of that is, is the momentum point, right? When you're winning games, you're in a good place. You're in a great place. And Mikel Arteta kind of gave us a hint in his last press conference, not the, I beg your pardon, not the... Um, not the one uh, ahead of tonight's game, but in a recent press conference where he said, he was asked, you know, how you keep the, the mood up, how you build on the camaraderie within the camp. And he said, well, you just have to keep winning football matches. And and that's what Arsenal are doing right now. You know, they're winning football matches. Um, they are um, building a, a head of steam. They are building momentum. And mentally, that's got to be quite powerful. And I think Mikel Arteta is quite happy to trade off the fact that maybe some players are having to play more games and more minutes than he'd like for the benefits that come by winning and keeping that run going. You don't want to be playing crap in midweek, losing in midweek, being held to frustrating, disappointing draws in midweek, and then expecting your side to go out at the weekend and be a beast, an animal, and perform in the Premier League. So you need to find that balance. And, and I think he's done... A very good job of doing that. Uh, before we uh, continue on, I want to say a big thank you to Tom for his very kind Super Chat donation. Tom, uh, thank you so, so much, mate. He says, it's been a while since I've joined live and I've been absent in the Discord. But another win while working from home has me in a good mood. He says, keep up the great work, Harry. Gulf Coast and Fort Lauderdale Gooners 
in the house. A big shout out to you all. And Tom, uh, thank you so, so much, mate. Honestly, it is very, very uh, much appreciated. Okay, so how did the game go itself? Well, I think I was watching sort of the first half and thinking, yeah, you know what? There's some there's some really tidy stuff here. Uh, there's some tidy build up. Um, you know, things are, uh, are looking good in terms of the way we are uh, building um, in terms of our play. Sorry, I, I just got a little bit distracted there because I've just seen the news live while we're on the show. This Steven Gerrard has been sacked as Aston Villa manager. Maybe we'll touch on that a little bit later on. But um, sorry, going back to what I was saying about the Arsenal PSV game, which is what we're here to talk about. Arsenal were building up play quite nicely. Uh, there was some nice free-flowing football. They were breaking the lines brilliantly uh, against PSV Eindhoven. They were um, creating openings, fashioning chances. But unfortunately, the finishing touch was missing. I thought Gabriel Jesus was very, very good. Very busy, uh, as he tends to be uh, when he's at the top of his game. Dropping into those deep areas at times and spinning away from people. Drifting left, drifting right. And with Eddie Nketiah of course, playing on the left-hand side. The two could, if they wanted to be, uh, interchangeable. I didn't think that they did it enough, really. I thought if they... <coughs> I beg your pardon. I thought maybe if they did that a bit more, they'd have pulled PSV apart a little bit more often. Um, but again, you know, the finishing touch just wasn't there. You know, there was a couple of sort of half chances that came Jesus's way. There was a ball played into him where he tried to hit the shot on the spin. It just didn't quite come off. Um, you know, there was a couple of moments in the second half where his footwork was splendid and he sort of danced through a crowd of defenders, but then couldn't apply the finishing touch. And the same can be said of Bukayo Saka this evening, who was also very, very good in the build-up. Very, very good for the most part, but just struggled to find the finishing touch when it mattered. Um you know, the game was very one-sided. You have to say that. I think when you look at, um, you know, the, the, the general pattern of the game, there was only ever one side that were going to find the breakthrough. That's just uh, the, the way it was. Uh, looking at some of the statistics, 62% of the possession, uh, 25 shots at goal. That's almost as many as Manchester United managed against Tottenham last night. Um, you know, only eight of those, though, were on target. Seven corners to PSV's zero. Uh, PSV only had four shots at goal. A team that people talk about as being a, a very good attacking outfit. It just kind of shows you, doesn't it, how dominant we were and how controlling we were throughout. So there was never a, a part of me that feared PSV were going to go down the other end and score or that, you know, we were going to have all of the chances, all of the build-up, all of the play, and then get done by a sucker punch. I never feared that tonight. Uh, sort of watching the game there live, I, that never crossed my mind. My only worry was, are we going to find the finish worthy uh, of breaking the deadlock? Because up until that point, our finishing had really let us down. But upstepped Granite Xhaka. And what a finish that is from Granite Xhaka. You know, the ball comes to him, it's slightly behind him. It's his weaker right foot to get on top of the ball, to keep it down, to drive it low and make it difficult for the goalkeeper to keep out is incredible technique. It's a brilliant bit of skill. And, you know, again, Granite Xhaka in the right place at the right time. And this is because he's had the shackles taken off of him because Mikel Arteta has recognised that Granite Xhaka 
isn't the defensive midfield player that many hoped he would be when he arrived at the club, that Granit Xhaka isn't best suited to playing that deeper lying midfield role. But in fact, he's better off further up the pitch where he can show his technical ability, when he can, where he can break lines, where he can attack people, where he can link up with people. And he's defending, particularly when Thomas Partey's in the side against stronger opposition, is much reduced. Therefore, the shortcomings that we all know he has are less uh, vulnerable, are less exposed. And and that's that's just the way it is, you know. Um, yeah, I thought his performance, uh, again, was was imperious. He was everywhere. He was back winning the ball, helping Sambi Lakonga out, winning tackles. Uh, he was, you know, linking play up. He was working the ball out to Enketia on the left, working the ball into Jesus's feet and then getting in and among him and close to him in order to try and uh, and help Arsenal find a way through. And he was the one, uh, as I say, that broke that deadlock. And look, his uh, revival in Arsenal colours has been quite magnificent, hasn't it? And with every passing week, he just impresses you more and more. And when he goes out there and and delivers what he delivered today, which is ultimately the winning goal in a very, very important game, um, that can only help grow his confidence further. Now, this is a guy with incredible self-belief. There's no question about that. To bounce back from what he bounced back from is not an easy thing. And, and that's a testament to the man. But um, as I say, you know, he's, He's constantly impacting games now in a positive way. And I was talking to my brother about this as we were sort of walking back to the car after the game. And uh, and we were saying, look, although in an ideal world, you don't want the likes of Granit Xhaka playing in the Europa League and then having to play in the Premier League at the weekend. When it goes well, when it goes your way, particularly in Xhaka's personal case, you know, he'd have got more from that having been the one that scored the winner and, and having come away uh, as probably Arsenal's man of the match. In terms of what that gives him in confidence, he'll get more from that than he loses in terms of fitness by having to play that game and maybe not being rested ahead of the Southampton trip. So Mikel Arteta's got to take risks. He's got to take gambles. He's got to weigh up the pros and cons of the decisions that he's making. But look, listen, if Arsenal go to PSV next, we can get a point. Then, you know, you essentially, you know, actually, you know, even with a weekend side, we could probably go to PSV and get a point. But the point I'm trying to make is that what that then does is it means you can take your foot off the gas against Zurich in the last game, but you also don't have to stress or worry about the round of 32 because you buy it, pass it, and you will then face uh, somebody in the round of 16. So, um, yeah. Let's uh, let let's see if if we can make that happen. Mikel Arteta wanted to win the group. The benefits of winning the group this season are, are greater than ever. They're clear for everybody to see. You can understand them, uh, and you can understand why managers want to make the most of them. So yeah, that's um that's where we are. Um, so yeah, coming back to this point about maybe too many players that you'd probably rely on on Sunday, playing too many minutes. I just think it is what it is, you know, in an ideal world, you want to be able to rest people. But as I say, that can disrupt momentum, that can disrupt the rhythm and the cohesion in the side. And uh, and of course, you've got to remember that, you know, this team are growing and building together and, and victories breed confidence. And maybe you don't feel that tiredness as much when you're obviously winning games as you do maybe when you're chasing them or maybe when you're in a difficult moment. But 
Um, he's doing as good a job, I think, as he possibly can in terms of trying to balance that out uh, by giving players very specific slots. Um, you know, for example, Kieran Tierney, right? He's a he's a great example of this. Uh, played the Europa League game against Bodo, therefore didn't start at Leeds. Played tonight uh, the entire 90 minutes uh, against PSV Eindhoven. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't start at the weekend. Now, I think he should, for what it's worth. If Zinchenko's out, which we think he is, I think Kieran Tierney's a better option than Tommy Asu at left back. I think the Tommy Asu option was one that, for a very specific opponent, made sense, but doesn't make sense uh, outside of that, beyond that, in my personal opinion. Maybe Mikel Arteta looks at Kieran Tierney and is still not convinced by his fitness. You know, you've got to remember with Kieran Tierney, there's, there's not a, a debate or a question around his ability or his quality. The question is, uh, it is of course, um, over his fitness. It, it, it is. Uh, yeah, so um, the minutes thing, it's not ideal, but I don't really know what the alternative is. If you want a small squad, if you want a, a small engaged group, which Mikel Arteta has sort of suggested in the past, then this is the price you pay. So the you know, you know, the pros are there, but obviously the cons are there as well in situations like this. Um, but I think he said something in his press conference as well. I, I haven't watched it back yet, and I will uh, this evening, and maybe we'll talk about it a little bit more when we preview uh, the game against Southampton uh, tomorrow on Friday, that is. He talked about the fact that, you know, somebody like Bukayo Saka, for example, has to acknowledge that if he wants to be a top, top player, an elite player, then he's got to play a lot of minutes. It's part and parcel of it. You know, if you look at the Liverpool side that have been incredibly effective over the last few years, look at them last season. Look how many games they played. I think they played in every game uh, that they could have possibly played in up to a certain point. They went to the Champions League final. They went to the League Cup final. They went to the FA Cup final and they were challenging for the Premier League. It's mad. It's, it's mad, like the amount of games that professional footballers are expected to play this these days. But I guess what Mikel Arteta was saying is that if we send Bukayo Saka the message that it's okay not to play that many games and that you almost need a rest and that you should always be looking to take those breaks, then we're kind of not doing our job, not doing our bit in terms of showing him what it takes to be very elite and showing him what the level requires if that is where he wishes to end up. Let's go over uh, to the live chat and see what you guys uh, are saying. Um, Rael says Odegaard made a big difference when he came on. He did. He was much superior to Fabio Vieira tonight, who again, in my opinion, just like he did away in Bodo Glimt, slightly underwhelmed tonight. There were obviously some nice touches, some nice bits of movement, some nice passes. But does he impact the game enough? Look, I guess if you put Fabio Vieira in the first choice Arsenal team where everybody's available. So when I say first choice Arsenal team, I'm talking Ramsdale in goal, White, Saliba, Gabriel, Tierney or Zinchenko, Partey, Xhaka, Odegaard. No, well, obviously not Odegaard. Vieira would be there instead. Saka, Martinelli, Jesus. If you put Fabio Vieira in that team, maybe he impacts the game more. I thought he was very good at Brentford when he had all the other main uh, sort of culprits with him and available. 
Um, I thought you saw a difference in his performance. But just in some of these Europa League games where I've looked at him to kind of really step up and impress, he's just slightly underwhelmed. I have to say that. Uh, and Odegaard, you're absolutely right, did make a difference uh, when he came on. Uh, Creambone says, sorry for the late arrival. Evening, Harry and my gooners. It's not acceptable, mate. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, welcome to the show, man. Good to have you here. Uh, big hello to Mobe Guna, who says, uh, finally caught a live one. Big up, Harry. And to you, my friend. Hope you're well. Uh, Nobby Clark says, the first half was hard to watch, totally lacking in the middle. I don't think I'd go as far as saying it was hard to watch. Like I wasn't watching it and and sort of watching on in disgust. I, I thought that there were elements that were missing to our performance. And I thought there were things obviously that we could improve on. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't go that far. That That's not how I saw it anyway. Uh, Henry says, uh, good evening, H. I went over to find you tonight. Was you in the, the press box? Um, no, I wasn't. I was uh, just in front of the press box. I went to sit uh, with my little brother. Um, he was at the game tonight as well. The seat next to him was spare. Uh, I was. I did start off in the North Bank in my normal place, uh, but at half time when he when he told me that nobody was sitting next to him, uh, I went over there to watch the game uh, with my brother. So uh, that's maybe why he didn't catch me. Uh, sorry, mate, but I'll hopefully be there uh, for the next home game. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, Afsar Gunner says, uh, I was at the Emirates and the atmosphere was good. Thanks to the PSV fans. Do you know what? I didn't think they were that good. Like, obviously, we talked about it in the lead up to the game. We talked about the fact that Dutch fans tend to be quite rowdy. Is that the right term? I don't know if that's going to be seen as a negative, but uh, they are quite vocal. They are quite passionate. And normally they contribute positively to the atmosphere. And I'm not saying that they were bad, but they weren't um, they weren't as influential on the game as uh, as they could have been, in my personal opinion. And obviously they let themselves down post-match. I'm sure you've seen some of the clips going around on social media of PSV Eindhoven fans ripping out seats, throwing them at the Arsenal fans, some of them trying to spill over into the home end. Uh, it got a little bit nasty. They were lighting flares and throwing them across as well uh, as we were sort of leaving the stadium, which isn't nice. Um, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was um, that was not great. Uh, what else have we got? Um, Olusola says, is it true the news about Gerard? It is. Uh, Steven Gerrard has been sacked by Aston Villa. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Billy Kilgallen says, uh, imagine putting a tenor on a Xhaka right-footed volley from the edge of the box. Can you even do that? Can you even go into that much depth? I don't think you can. But anyway, uh, what else have we got? Let's take um, a couple more of your questions. I, I am going to talk Sambi Lakonga in a minute. There's a few questions about that um, that, you know, we, we will address. Uh, Mike just sort of taking it back to... Uh, Fabio Vieira says, I don't think it helps that he's playing with Sambi Lakonga. He slows everything down so much. He just seems to take an extra touch sometimes, doesn't he? And like he's a little bit casual in the way he strolls across the pitch. Not, not as in he doesn't work hard, not as in he doesn't cover the ground. You know, there are just players that you look at that have that almost casual aura about them. Do you remember Canu used to look like that? Arsenal legend, Canu. Um incredibly gifted, super technical, splendid player, but 
you used to look at him sometimes and feel like he was just sort of walking. Maybe a more recent example would be somebody like uh, Dimitar Berbatov. Players that just have that casual, languid way of moving across the pitch. I think Sambi's got a bit of that. Uh, I've got to be honest. And yeah, look, he's been speaking quite strongly about his lack of game time. His, uh, his sort of rant that obviously made the headlines was aimed predominantly at Roberto Martinez, the Belgian boss, and it was uh, aimed uh, at sort of his national team off the back of them sort of selecting him for a squad, uh, taking him away with them and then not not giving him a single minute. But when I look at him, and I, and I said this at the time, right? I said this before tonight. I said this when we were discussing those comments. I'm not sure that he's ready. I'm not sure he's done enough for Mikel Arteta to be seriously thinking about giving him more game time than he currently gets. And the fact that you have to take him off and bring Thomas Partey on today, again, tells you that maybe he wasn't at the level required. Maybe he wasn't playing to the standard that Mikel Arteta demands. Now, there's a question around what is that down to? Is it a lack of confidence? I think it could be a lack of confidence, given how upset and frustrated he's clearly been with the fact that he's not played much. You sit there and you wonder if the guy's confidence is shot. Uh, he's a young player. Uh, he's still trying uh, to find his way. He's still trying to settle in to not just English football, um, but the Premier League and, and Arsenal and, and the surroundings here. You know, he's had enough time to get used to his teammates and all of that stuff. But yeah, it's just, um, I don't know. I look at Sambi and I think there's definitely talent there. He's definitely very good on the ball. He's definitely got a good passing range. He definitely, um, you know, has the right ideas. He definitely sees the pictures. But does he execute in a way that that makes you think that he's ready right now for a greater role in the squad? To me, he doesn't. I look today. I watched him in that first half in particular, and I, and I thought, okay, you know, he's he's not really given the ball away an awful lot of times. He's not done anything that is really bad, and and you know, something so bad that. Um, I don't, it's it's not that he's a bad player, basically, is where I'm going with this. I'm, I'm finding this really difficult to discuss because this is a young player that I do look at and think has potential. This is a young player I was excited uh, that we signed. This is a young player who I desperately want to do well. Like, I'm, I, I'm so hopeful that he will go on and be that player I think he can be. I'm so hopeful that he could be the guy that eventually replaces Thomas Partey. But then when I look at performances like tonight against opposition that we should be beating against the team that we're dominating against, I want to see more from him. I want to see him dictate the tempo. I want to see him dictate the pace. And instead, Granite Jack is doing that from a more advanced role, which suggests that there's almost a hole between sort of our advanced midfielders and and the defence, there isn't that link that Thomas Partey so often is. And and Sambi Lekonga has to do more for me in those areas. And he has to do more when he gets these opportunities. He's not grabbing them with both hands at the moment. He's OK. He's decent. He's solid. But that's not enough. And just like I said with Marquinhos the other week when he was taken off in the home game against Bodo Glimt, 
you've got no reason to protect Sambi Lakonga. He's not going to start at the weekend. You've got no reason or had no reason to protect Marquinhos uh, the week, the, 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 the last home game in the Europa League. So what that says to me is that the reason you're hooking them, Mikel Arteta, and the reason that you're willing to risk a Thomas Partey, whose fitness record has been questionable at best, the reason you're willing to risk him for a bit at the end of this game is because you don't think that Sambi Lekonga is doing the job that he needs to. And that's that's disappointing. You can't go out in the media and tell everybody that, you know, you're really hard done by and you should be playing. And then when you get those opportunities, fail to deliver. And listen, I don't want to turn this into a negative because there shouldn't be um, any negatives. We've we've just won a, a very important game. We're now five points clear at the top of our Europa League group. But I'm starting to ask myself the question, can Sambi ever be the player that we hoped he would when we signed him? Spent a fair bit of money on him uh, for a player of his age based on where he came from, etc., etc., and and it was a gamble that the club were willing to take. And it, it felt like a calculated one. You know, we're not losing a shit ton of money if this doesn't work out. But I just I just look at his performances. I don't think he's taking the chances. I don't think he's given Mikel Arteta any reason to think that he can comfortably cover Thomas Partey right now. And, um, and I wonder if uh, this will be his last season in an Arsenal shirt. I, I genuinely do this. Rumoured interest from Italy. Uh, Juventus is said to be keeping a keen eye on him. And maybe there he'll do great where the pace is a little bit slower. The tempo is a little bit slower because I agree with Mike's comment that he just slows it down a little bit. Like when you're trying to build rhythm and and ping the ball around and, and do it with zip and tempo, it comes to Laconga and he just takes an extra touch and he just slows it all down a little bit. But hey, um, what do I know? Uh, Creambone, uh, I've seen your message, mate. I will message you back uh, on the Discord. Uh, so sorry, mate. I've been like, honestly, I've been so busy over the last few weeks, right? I don't even know where I'm coming or going sometimes. Um, I look at messages. I think I've replied to them. I haven't. My wife tells me I do that all the time. She'll send me a message during the day and I'm at work and I'll I'll look at it. I'll be so busy that I'll just put the phone back down and I think, oh, yeah, I'll reply to it later. Totally forget about it. think I have replied and I haven't. So I am becoming really bad with the whole communication thing. Look, um, we're going to wrap it up pretty soon because it is quite late and um, we are going to do another show tomorrow where, of course, we're going to look ahead to that Southampton game and, and we'll do a bit of Q&A on that as well. But I just want to bring you guys up to speed with what's happening with our membership proposition. Uh, if you want to support the Chronicles of Aguna and the Great Ormond Street Children's Hospital, you can sign up to the podcast on anotherslice.com. So it's anotherslice.com slash chronicles of aguna it will take you to this page uh, if you go to the top of the page and you create an account um you'll be able to then subscribe to the chronicles of aguna podcast for six pounds a month some of which will be donated to a children's hospital on a monthly basis that will then allow you to download the another slice app log in with the credentials you've just created on the website you have to sign up via the website not the app the website uh, is the place where you have the capability to set up the payment, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then once you've done that, you log into the app and you can access our premium content. The next bit uh, is dropping tomorrow. It should have dropped a little bit earlier in the week. Uh, there was a reason for it, um, which I'll I'll go into on that premium bit of content. Uh, there was a reason for the delay, 
but yeah, if if you're interested and you um you want to help out, but you also want to support uh, the charity that we're supporting as well, then please uh, do so. Um, I'd be very very grateful. The link is in the description below. Okay, um, let's let's kind of summarize tonight then, because I like I mean, apart from maybe Sambi not being where he needs to be which I don't think is is a particularly breaking bit of news. Like I think we've all felt like that for a while, but we were kind of willing to give it more and more time. But as that time passes, you're looking at it and you're going, okay, well, when when is this going to kind of come good? Um, apart from that, I don't think there was really that many talking points tonight. I've got to be honest, you know, I thought that, as I said, Jesus and Saka were good, sharp, created chances. I thought Enketia was good tonight as well. Uh, without being brilliant, without applying that finishing touch. Some of his runs, some of the the ball carries. I wonder if he's been watching Jesus in training because, you know, I don't really recall him doing that as often in the past. Uh, we we know it's in his locker, but I think we see it a lot more frequently now with, with Eddie and Ketia. Maybe that's the benefit of training with someone uh, as special as Gabriel Jesus. But yeah, um, you know, there were some decent individual performances. The the defence were rarely troubled tonight. Um, a fairly straightforward victory. The scoreline isn't the glamorous one that maybe we'd hoped for. Granit Jacob was probably not the person that people expected to step up and find the winner, given all of that attacking talent on the pitch. But he did it. And, uh, and it means that Arsenal are in cruise control now at the top of this group, as mentioned. Go to PSV next time out. Avoid defeat. And uh, and we've pretty much won the group. Um, and uh, and obviously the benefits to that are huge. Fair play to everyone who managed to get down there tonight. I know that the time was, was a pain in the backside. Uh, fair play to everybody who stayed up at stupid times to watch it all over the world. Um, thank you to everybody who's in the live chat watching this now. Uh, great to see you. Um, my, I guess my... My summarizing thought would be we weren't very good against Leeds, but we found a way to win. We weren't overly good tonight. Um, we were OK, but we found a way to win in the end. And, you know, if if these performances, uh, no, actually tonight's performance wasn't bad, but if performances like the Leeds one continue, then maybe alarm bells should start ringing. But at the moment where they are sort of, rare occurrences i think you have to be focused on the positive and the positive is that even when you're not playing well you're getting over the line it's the hallmark of champions they say are arsenal going to be champions i'm not committing to any of those nonsense predictions at this moment in time but yeah look, listen thank you uh so so much for tuning in uh means the world to me uh please do leave a like on the video in fact let's check in where we are on the likes is nowhere near enough. There's only 74 on the board. Uh, let's try and get that up to at least 100 uh, by the time I say my goodbyes. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel if you're new. Check out the platform on Red Circle. And we will be back tomorrow with some more content looking ahead to the weekend where Arsenal take on Southampton at St. Mary's and continuing to react to some of the fallout from tonight's game with PSV. Thank you all so much. Catch you all soon. Goodbye. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.